What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of SSPN Live. Ethan, it's it's been a minute since we've done one of these, and this is really, you know, kind of how what this channel was built off of. Obviously, it's not the regular season, so there's not as many post games, and this is more of a pregame live stream as the Spurs are about to play the Pistons at eight o'clock on ESPN. It's nice to have another ESPN game, Ethan. It's just been, even though it's summer league, it's still been nice to get these primetime spots. Even after Wemby, they still saved us this one. Yeah, it's been a long time. I don't know if you're enjoying watching the talking heads discuss the Spurs or not, but it's kind of funny to see them like like looking through their notes like, oh my God, what's happened the last five years? Like we have to spark notes. Who's Malachi Branham? Yeah, Branham and, and, and Devin Vassell. Yeah, they got to figure out the pronunciation. It's definitely been nice to like turn on SportsCenter randomly at 10 o'clock and it's Wembenyama. It's like, what is this? Mm -hmm. Is this the same world that I grew up in? Anyways, but that's besides the point, Ethan, because there's been two games since we last talked and did our Wembenyama Summer League recap, which was essentially a recap of the first two games of Summer League in Vegas. And since then, the Spurs played the Wizards. I know you got to catch uh, a little bit, at least to the first half of that game. And that kind of worked out because I didn't see the first half, but I did get to catch a good bit of the second half of that game. Uh, so just give me your overall thoughts on that one. Obviously, a good game from Barlow and an awesome bounce back performance from Malachi. But other than that, what were just your overall thoughts? First half was competitive um, without Wembenyama. It kind of went back to regularly scheduled programming with, you know, ball movement between Malachi, Champagne and Blake for the most part. And then everyone else kind of being glue guys. But Barlow, I, I didn't mention his name in that first statement because he really gets his points like I don't even know how to describe it. Like it doesn't feel like any of these plays are drawn up for him to get baskets in yeah. a way. He just kind of ends up with the ball and takes advantage of the opportunity. And it's crazy to think about because it's not like he's getting like Drew Eubanks, like put back dunks or like, like aggressive right. fights for the offensive boards, puts it back. Like he gets those too, but he's also been able to create for himself, mm-hmm. which has been a welcome surprise. And I'm glad that it wasn't just a one-and-done thing, because I know he did that in game one, but it's been consistent. And if you really want to, you can say Barlow's been the most consistent guy the entire Exactly my thoughts, Ethan, which is, you know, not something I would have thought I'd be saying at this point. Now, this is this will be the sixth game that they've played in total, if you count the California Classic, um, if I'm doing my math right. And that if you would have told me before the California Classic, six games in, y'all will probably, you and Ethan will both be agreeing that it's, Probably Barlow, who's been the most consistent, I would have honestly yeah. been shocked. Yeah, and I, he had one bad game, I think, or not bad game, but he had like six points. Right. Like, oh, what happened? But Six assists, six boards, yeah. Yeah, but it was an all-around game. But for him to continue to create his shot, not only inside, but from the mid-range area and and play make well for others and, and just be an energy guy on offense and defense. Like, I've been very impressed with his progression from last year to this year because last year was at times difficult to watch yeah um and i know he kind of finished the season strong but we were kind of tanking and so were other teams so it's like his best oh, game was, was that it? last game against dallas which Where he had 20 still, and, 20. and and that was when the mavericks were tanking and that's why they had, they ended up yeah. getting fined for that game literally literally um, so anyways back to what you're saying no i mean that was pretty much it on on barlow's extremely impressed with him i hope his progression continues i'm sure he'll split time between austin and san antonio next way. season um so i'm looking forward to watching him dominate in austin because i think he's really progressed in a lot of different areas so i'm excited to see what he's able to do um i thought blake had a nice game malachi obviously went crazy i mean 29 points on 12 for 20 shooting like this is what we expected from malachi from that game with Wemby was just an absolute fluke. 
and I think he was frustrated in his head and his shot was just off. To that, This game against the Wizards was regular scheduled programming for Malachi Branham. That's what we can expect moving forward, just a shot maker and a, sh- a big shot taker. Um, and Champagny, and you mentioned this, I think, two pre-games ago or two post-games ago, talking about Champagny where he was four for 13, so his shot wasn't exactly landing every single time, but he found other ways to contribute. He had a plus 17 in the box uh, the box score, eight rebounds, seven assists, just an all-around great game. And got to the line Champagny. a bunch as well. It was eight, eight for nine. nine. Yep. Yeah, so really impressed with him. Don't look, don't don't just look at his field goal percentage and say he had a bad game because he had a a very productive game. And and really from the whole team, there's not much to go on because it was a pretty competitive game from start to end. But I'm glad that we were able to kind of brush off what we were doing prior to Wemby's performance and just kind of get back to what we were doing well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you kind of covered a lot of my thoughts there, but you know, just going back to Malachi because obviously there was a lot of talk about him after the second Wembenyama game. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that we said in that in that podcast, I even said I was like, I'm not really too worried about him and Champagny because the other factor is is once again I'll repeat it: these guys have been told like just go shoot, go get a bucket, go yep. like they've been basically like instilling like a Kobe like mentality in them. And I know that's an exaggeration, but y'all get what I'm saying. They're like, just go take whatever shot you want this season because they were just trying to evaluate the guys and see what they had, you know? And, and so when you throw in a star like Victor Wembanyama, they're still playing under that mentality. And that's not the mentality that you're going to play under, which is why I said it's a big learning lesson. But I think the key here is in the games that he hasn't played with Victor Wembanyama, which there is still going to be that adjustment. And it's not something that you want to completely ignore. He's, he's, I mean, when he is the main initiator on the summer league offense, he's basically had two 30 pieces. He had 32 in the other game, which was on 50% shooting from the field and from three in the second California classic game. And then tonight, five for six from three or not tonight, uh, excuse me, against the wizards, five for six from three, like I said, and then also I'm forgetting the overall number here, but 12 for 20, like you said, 60%, I mean, efficient 29 points and just was a bucket getter. Mm -hmm. Uh, The interesting thing is missed both of his free throws. And that kind of happened in in the Victor game too. I'm not, I'm obviously not worried about that from what we saw last season, but um, you know, he'll, he'll get better from that. But the point is, is with these two performances, Ethan, the Spurs announced that they were going to shut him down for the rest of summer league. They had seen enough, just like in Victor's second game, they had seen enough. Um, and, and yeah, it was those two performances with almost 30 points from Malachi where he just showcased all of the stuff that we talked about. He's just gotten even more consistent, uh, excluding the Wemby game whenever it comes to executing after getting to his spots. Yeah, which really, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do as that sixth man role because he's going to come in and basically that's his, that's what his role is going to be. He's come in off the bench and get buckets, and that's obviously where he's most comfortable. So, crap. I mean, he might have one of those games, but one of those seasons where it's like six man of the year type candidacy if he can continue at this rate. That that would be a big jump, but but you never know. You never know. Especially we'll we'll see how this season goes. But um, it's. It is very positive signs from Malachi, um, other than the Wemby game, obviously. But I'm, like we're saying, with these other two, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah. Me but too. talking about some other guys as well, Ethan, uh, just well, we talked, we touched on Champagny. 
we kind of touched on all the guys now that I'm thinking about it. Because we talked about Bartlow, obviously, 20-7, and seven, the mm-hmm. consistency thing. That's been really good to see. Um, and even in the games where Champagny shot bad, other than the game where everybody played bad, which was once again the second Wembenyama game, mm-hmm. um, he's found a way to get at least – I mean, close to 20 points basically every game. And in the first Wimbanyama game, he had 20 points on a little bit better shooting than what he had last night. He's just continued to show different levels of his game. You know, I'm glad I started talking about this because one, there's the poster in the Charlotte game. Yeah, I know it's summer league. That's the asterisk with all of this. But still, that's something that I had not seen from him yet. Also, the two little saucy layups at the end of the Wizards game as well. I don't know. Well, you weren't watching that. I did see that. And Wimbanyama was kind of clapping about both of them. It was on back-to-back possessions. I believe he might have even got a steal on those possessions as well. Well, they, they don't have that in the stat sheet, so that's no not what happened. Excuse me. Yeah, but um, still, two two nice little layups there in the fourth quarter. And so for him to recover after having – well, also, he was able to get to the line throughout it, like we mentioned, which is good to see, but was able to get some buckets late after struggling to shoot the whole game. And that's really what you want to see as well in those clutch moments. So yeah. love to see that from uh, from Julian. Yeah, my perspective has completely changed about Julian. Like, going into Summer League, I was like, okay, for the Spurs next season, he'll be off the bench splitting minutes with Doug as a shooter. He will be a 3 and D shooter. And now, after seeing these couple games here in the Summer League, he's still probably going to be predominantly a 3 and D shooter. But he can also, he's a basketball player. He can play make, he can put the ball on the floor. Like, he has other skill sets that I just never had seen, and probably nobody had seen because he was just riding the bench in, uh, where was he before, Philly? Mm Mm-hmm. Philly. So well, he wasn't even really on the team. He was, yeah. I don't even know if he was on a two way. I think he was just on their G league team. We gave him an opportunity and he has embraced it. His confidence is oozing right now. So I'm looking forward to see what he can do next year. You mentioned him being possibly the backup four next to Doug at the backup three. I'm liking that. And if he gets beat out size wise, guess who we also have? Charles Bassett. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Oh, well, that's true. That's true. And we're forgetting Sandro as well. Sandro. All of this as well. And Chetty Osmond. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we're, we're going we're gonna to get to the yeah. rest of the dudes that we've added to the roster. Um, but, but just getting back to Julian a little bit, you know, the stuff that he's shown that we hadn't seen, you know, showing that there's more to his game. That is kind of you're seeing why the Spurs gave him a four year contract the yeah. way that they did um, and why it's kind of going to be tough for these new guys or, you know, if multiple of them want to get on the roster, they're going to probably have to beat him out, which I just feel like it's unlikely that they're going to let go of Champagny or Charles Bassey when you give them four year contracts. I know there's technically on the Bassey deal, like the last two are team options, but you're not giving these guys these long term deals if you don't believe in them. And considering the development that we've seen from both of those guys, um, you know, I, I definitely feel confident in, in them being on the roster and winning in training camp, but you never know. And we got to talk about three guys, Ethan, that the Spurs have acquired in free agency mm. um, or not in free. I guess it is technically free agency. It's Don't really, excuse me, off season is really the word I was looking for there and just the trade circus. And it's really just we got picks and, and players to make trades happen. And with the Cavs, we got Lamar Stevens, who's a forward from Penn State. And then, of course, Shetty Osman. A lot of y'all might remember him from the LeBron championship runs. Um, and he's been in Cleveland since. And then, of course, um, Reggie Bullock, which really, in my opinion, is probably the best overall player that we got. And as much as if I had to pick one player out of this 
group to maybe beat out Champagne potentially. It would have to be two, I think, with the way the numbers work out. But just for the sake of conversation, I think it would be Reggie Bullock. It's just somebody who could maybe compete for taking minutes from him just because of his experience being a veteran. And I mean, he's somebody that is just like, when you can get him for free, basically, when you're yeah. bringing in a player like Wembenyama you know, who draws so much attention <laughs> to bring in an elite three point shooter for free it is really nice. And that's before even getting into Shetty Osman uh, and Lamar Stevens. But, but just tell me your thoughts on all of these. Yeah. Um, so what do you do when you have a seven foot three big, you surround him with what Jude shooters, shooters, and the Spurs have managed to do so. And I saw a tweet the other day. I can't remember the exact number. So whoever's in the comments, correct me if I'm wrong. But it was something like there are two teams in the NBA that have two players that shoot 45% from three. Like, And then there was another aspect of that. I can't remember what it was. Um, it's not just 45% in general. But it was Clay Thompson and Steph Curry from the Warriors and Doug McDermott and Reggie Bullock from the Spurs. So we didn't even mention Doug. But we, right. we, we all of these guys can shoot. They're all 3 and D wings. And they can pretty much play two, three, or four at any given time. And we already have two threes and fours that can also shoot threes. Like we have Malachi Devin as well. We got Keldon Johnson. We have, you know, so many shooters all of a Even sudden. Mamu. Can, like, Mamu can, yeah, he's another one. Like we're going to have some decisions to make, but I, I like the moves because there's yeah. nothing wrong with competition, especially in, in training camp. So they'll go at one another. Pop will decide who, who deserves a roster spot, who doesn't. And, you know, I think at this point we're looking for guys to compete. We're not looking for guys that necessarily 10 years from now are going to be better players. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying we're going to win, but we're trying to move in that direction. So I, I like the moves and veteran presence because when we lost Gorgie Jang, we lost, um, what's his name? Josh Richardson's obviously not here. Jakob Pertl. We only have Devontae Graham really as our bet. So it's nice to have these guys in the locker room uh, as a presence as well. And, you know, it's funny, Shetty Osman's most recent post on Instagram after getting yeah. traded to the Spurs is him in Paris with the Eiffel Tower. Oh, uh, so, you know, they're excited you yeah, know, they because are. of the Wimbenyama stuff. But, you know, this is uh, I'm going to tap into one of the guys who probably people are just like forgetting whenever it comes to this trade or not forgetting, but the, the one that they're just probably like, eh, not really worried about that. Yeah. And that's Lamar Stevens, yeah. obviously. Right. Um, and I went and watched, there's actually like an 18 minute highlight tape on YouTube with like most of his plays, not from this past season, uh, but his rookie season the year prior. And, yeah. you know, I was also just on his Instagram and obviously this is all social media stuff, but there were a lot of Cavs fans in the comments that were like, hope you come back or like, good luck. We're going to miss you. Like really liked you. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, if you look at his stats, he was never anything crazy. But he started like 25 games for them this year. So, I mean, there's that. That's way more experience than I would have expected yeah. just off of what, you know, you thought. And obviously he was a role player. But there was an article that came out, I believe, on Pounding the Rock um, right after he got traded. And, and what they called him in Cleveland was a junkyard dog. And, you know, that's exactly you know, that, that fits the Spurs mold, but the bigger theme with all of these guys, because it, even with all of this being said and his highlights looking a little bit better and, and his just, you know, experience and stuff being, uh, at a higher level than, you know, I expected off of just hearing his name. Um, you know, these guys, most likely he's still not going to make the team, but these dudes, like all three of these guys are like way better than your normal training camp competition people. Like mm -hmm. think about it, Tommy Cousy, 
last year. Yeah. I, there's some other guys that I can't remember that were on Exhibit 10 deals, but it was all guys that you'd never really heard of for the most part. And really, Lamar Stevens is the only one here, as people know Shetty, and of course people know Reggie Bullock. Um, but even then, like it's not like Lamar Stevens is just somebody who hasn't played in the NBA and hasn't had a role somewhere. And yeah. the role that he played in Cleveland would be a very similar role to the one that he's played in San Antonio. And the other thing about Lamar Stevens is his three-point percentage has consistently increased throughout his career. I would say that still for the most part, you know, he likes to use his physicality. Um, honestly, like think of him. I don't want to be disrespectful, but I know where you're going. You you know what I'm about to say, Keldon. Oh no, <laughs> yeah, I was. I was, was going to say like Keldon earlier in his career, but like basically not as good. I hate to say that to you, Lamar, but it's just I got to be honest here. You know what I'm saying? I, th- and, I thought you were going to say a better Romeo Langford. Oh no, that's that's not what I, I I haven't seen too many of his defensive highlights. I I don't I don't think he's a you know like just a potato there either. I don't think he's a slouch, but I don't know if he's necessarily mm. elite either. It seems gotcha. like more of his. His highlights were just offensive plays. A lot of them using his physicality at the rim. That's why I was kind of comparing him to like, you know, more of a lower level level Keldon. But gotcha. the three point shooting has got better. Where it really was pretty bad, like to start his career. Um, mm-hmm. But he played four years at Penn State, um, and and is kind of he had some shades of Jalen Pickett. If y'all know who that is, he was the guard that got drafted by the Nuggets uh, from mm-hmm. Penn State this year, and it's just a similar thing physical frame he's bigger than Jalen Pickett Jalen Pickett's a guard um but you know like I said physical frame likes to get a lot of buckets inside because of his physicality um and I the junkyard dog mentality means he's definitely got to at least try on defense um and the three-point shooting while it wasn't there to start the career similar to uh uh Jalen Pickett like coming in it's it's something that's progressed and Keldon as well so hopefully things can can work out for him but like I said these guys are (laughs) <laughs> the the caliber of of player that they are for potentially just being guys that are going to compete with our guys that are already on the roster for training camp yeah. is is a m- much higher than normal because of the Spurs circumstances Ethan and I know I'm going on a little bit of a rant here but oh, no. this was another thing that I thought dude like we're in this situation we're able to do this because of the amount of cap space we have right yeah. And that just once again is another thing with Brian Wright. It's not the decisions, not just the decisions he's made, you know, to get to get to the position we were in the lottery this year and the way that he's developed guys. And, you know, obviously there's been some draft picks along the way that haven't worked out. But for the most part, with Keldon, Devin, uh, all three of last year's picks, um, I mean, I know Blake still has some work to do, but he's done a really good job drafting with personnel. But he's also done a really good job managing the CBA and putting us in a position to where we're the team. We're one of the few teams right now that around the league where teams can call and like, hey, can you help make this trade work and take on these guys to be even be in this position in the first place? So I just had to give another shout out to him. Um, Obviously, you know, there's a long road ahead and the real, you know, like prize Mm -hmm. for Brian Wright is the championship. But still, we wouldn't even be here and be able to have these guys and depending on what happens, we'll see what their future in San Antonio is if he didn't manage this the way that he did. I know that was a a long rant there, but it's like there's so many little intricacies with that where it's like all webbing together, you know, kind of the plan that he's put forward. Yeah, knock on wood, and I'm no disrespect to the other teams, but it does feel like he's been fleecing guys or fleecing teams. And part of that is not necessarily that they're they're losing, but they just they need us. You know what I mean? Like we're we're an essential part of those trades that end up mm-hmm. we're acquiring Chetty Osmond, Lamar Stevens, and uh, Reggie Bullock. So shout out to him. Most definitely, you summarized that pretty pretty damn well, Jude. Um, <laughs> but I was gonna say one thing. 
Gosh. Well, here, I got a question for you, Ethan. Okay, just, just, just talk to me about like what you think the potential of maybe those guys beating somebody out could be. Like, Who do you think has a chance to make the team? What do you think their role is going to be in training camp? A lot of it, yeah. you know, it, this is pure speculation, really. But I, I think that they're definitely going to push some guys, like especially Reggie Bullock, I think is going to push for a roster spot. Oh, yeah. I, I think Reggie Bullock and Chetty Osmond are pretty, yes, pretty guaranteed. Like, not guaranteed, but they're pretty freaking close to being guaranteed yeah. a roster spot. Like, those are quality players. For them not to be on the roster next year, it would, in my eyes, it would simply be just like, okay, you don't fit the timeline. We appreciate you coming to training camp, but you're waived. Go sign wherever you want. You know, that that kind of thing. Not so much, oh, you suck. You're trash. You, you can't fit on this team. Because they're quality role players. They can play for majority yes. of teams. Um so who would they beat out? How many spots do we have? Is there if they both make the team? Is there one person that has to go? Is that where we are at this point? I think I, I believe so. I don't know that for a fact. I'm about to Ugh. look up a real GM here so we can confirm this. But I, I believe that mm-hmm. that is where the Spurs are at. That's a, that's a conundrum, dude. Because yeah. we, we have the two way guys are pretty much set already, so we can't move anybody to a two way. That's out of the question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some tough decisions that have to be made, Jude, because just going through the the, the ten man rotation, Trey, Devin, Keldon, here's Wemby. What, here's what we're about to do, Ethan. Keep talking. Collins, and then we got um, Blake, Devonte. Ooh, Devonte. I don't know. See, that could be somebody you could cut. But then again, he's on the sideline traveling with the team, and I know that's not the end all be all. But it's like a lot yeah. of times that can that can be an indication. But then you know, Kieda Bates Diop went somewhere else in like two weeks before then. We were we were posting about him. Yeah. Granted, he won an NBA award, so you kind of have to. But Swap Joe Bros mentioned Mamu as well because we got some forwards. I don't know. I love Mamu, but you're not wrong. Kemper, oh, he's gone. I forgot about. You know, and I did. I joke. Did I send you my my like best lineup? For yes, the Spurs? you did. Yes, you yeah. Did. How could I forget? No, we're just gonna cut him or Devonte. That's never mind. Yeah. I didn't. I'm I'm glad that we brought this up though, so we could see the full roster, so that we could kind of have some clarity. Um, and yeah, that that probably is what would happen. Consider at least Kem, bro, because Kem yeah. has been non-existent. Like Devontae's played, he you know he was with the guys on the sideline at Las Vegas. Kem's been nowhere to be found. Like he's and his contracts like only like six million, so that's probably what's going to happen. So yeah. that kind of solves our dilemma there, Ethan. And if for some reason we end up needing another person, probably our boy Lamar Stevens, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Chem passport issues. Birch. Is that oh, no. actually what's going on, Swatcho Bros? I've been trying to figure out. Like, <laughs> I've been joking about this with my friends. If 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 it was passport issues from Canada, that is hilarious. But also, even if that was just a nickname you came up with, that that is still freaking hilarious. But getting back to your comment earlier, I'm a bit scared Mamu might be cut to keep all of our forwards for future trades, especially with Barlow's summer league emergence. Mm. That's that's a really good point. Um, you know, we'll have to see what happens. It's really just a matter of time. We could sit here and guess, but but we don't know for sure. But I think the way that Barlow has been playing and that he's still like two years younger, actually probably like three, three years younger than than Mamu. It's just I mean, this is why I went out on a limb, Ethan, and I made an article or not. Excuse me. I didn't make an article. I did a review and I did a reaction video this March 
on an article about Don Barlow and the Spurs being high on him and why they picked him up in the first place. And you know how I talked about it and I'll say it again here in the video and it's going to sound crazy, but I mentioned how he, he has a similar when it comes to his progression, he has a Giannis-like trajectory. When I say that, I do not mean his ceiling is Giannis Antetokounmpo. I yeah. just mean that slowly each year, you're going to see a little bit more from him. And yeah. then it, he has the potential to be a really super versatile, um, switchable, modern 4-5. You know? um, and obviously that's similar to Mamu, but I think probably if you want to talk defense, Dominic's defensive movement and his yes. defensive potential is probably a little bit higher, which you know the Spurs value that. So I know that sounded crazy bringing out Giannis talking about Don Barlow, but I said it in the video and I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. It's just that, you know, you've seen a jump in summer league this year. Mm-hmm. Granted, we're still going to have to see, and he's on a two-way and Mamu's on the actual roster. Um, so that is still, you know, as of right now, it, just go going based off that like mamu is going to have a better chance to play on the actual team i would still believe um but it's something to watch i think it's a really good point by the, right there from swatcho man dom barlow i'm i am i am going to hang my hat and and really hone in on this comparison of young kevin garnett nobody at me i know he's a hall of famer but he just he reminds me so much of kevin garnett because kg came out of high school so he struggled the first couple of years i don't know if anybody else remembers that interesting he wasn't big ticket immediately he was little ticket he was coach ticket and then he became first class you know so let's uh, let's keep an eye on that <laughs> I would that would that would just be that would be beautiful. Can you but imagine? No, that would be if that ended up happening, that would be going back to Brian Wright. That would be crazy. And hey, the mm. OTE guys are looking pretty good right now. They are. Um, so not obviously not all of them, but like, you know, the because the whole the roster is not gonna be there. The twins and also there's a point guard on on the Bucks team as well. Um, but going back to Barlow, just to stop talking about him, but I want to give one point, is seriously his, his mid-range jumper. You talked about how you know a lot of his buckets are not created. He just ends up with them. It's just because if you give him just like a little bit of space, that's become automatic. And mm-hmm. that, I think, has made a lot of the rest of his game um, you know, be able to be shown out a little bit more. Most definitely. But anyways, Ethan... There are two guys that I still want to talk about on this Summer League team before we end this off as the game's about to start here in 12 minutes. And that is C.D. Sissoko, because, you know, if you look at the stat sheet for this Summer League, nothing's really going to jump out for you there. But the other guy that we got to talk about on top of C.D. is another rookie that we brought in, and that's Serge Abari Rice, who will be making his debut tonight. Considering we signed him to a full year, uh, a full year two-way contract, I think that he's going to start tonight. Maybe he doesn't, but I, I assume that he will. Um, so I'm excited to see what he he shows just whenever it comes to what I saw from him at Texas Texas this year he had a big game where he made like six to eight threes I can't remember it was some number in there um, in one of the March Madness games and and was also just a, a solid senior for them was consistent a consistent shooter great three and D guy um, would sometimes put the ball on the floor not much but but mainly a shooter and a defender um, and just played his role well um, so very a lot of Spurs like qualities. But the thing I want to see is if he shows off any of his ball handling. It's the first game. So that's another thing that you got to keep in mind. But just for the sake of conversation, like I said, his ball handling. I want to see if that catch and shoot ability uh, translates. And then I just want to see how he looks on defense against summer league guys. You know, I, so it's it's basically just first day eval. But but those kind of three categories are what I'm watching um, whenever it comes to 
Serge Ibari Rice, but also CD, Ethan. And we'll start off with that. What, what have been your thoughts on CD? And then you can tell me what you think of Serge Ibari. I like CD a lot. And if you watch the game, you'll like him too. Don't just look at the box score. I know he had one point and he had plus four and the plus minus seven boards, a couple assists, stealing a block. Defensively, he's locked down already. I know that won't translate immediately to guys like LeBron, Kevin Durant, you know, right. our players, but he can hold his own with pretty much anybody. He's already got a grown man's body at 19 years old. So those things are only going to get better as he works on foul control, communication, help defense. But as far as staying in front of somebody and being a physical, you know, wall, he's already there. I'm super excited to see. He has a lot of upside in that, that uh, component of his game. Offensively, he's still got some things to work on as far as scoring the ball. But he's a high IQ player. I think he makes the right play. He doesn't take bad shots. He just takes them when he's open and he doesn't make a lot of them. So that's something we can work on. But he's a playmaker. You've, you've, you've talked about his Boris Diaw comparisons. I can see that for sure. He had that behind-the-back pass in the Wizards game that was super flashy. Um, he has his moments. So if you watch the game, I, I want to see – I saw a comment say 10 points. I just want to see him get like – five of everything and continue to be a lockdown defender. Yeah. Dip his toe in every part of his game, rebounds, assists, defense, and a little bit of scoring. Um, and just kind of be the Draymond of the team, open up shots for guys like Blake and Champagne and Barlow. Yeah. And then for Serge Ibari, I know you probably haven't watched too much of him, but what, mm -hmm. what are you looking for tonight in his debut? Yeah, I talked to my buddy, David, who goes to UT, who's a big fan of his obviously and so i'm just looking for some high iq basketball don't make any mistakes you know a couple play plays made here and there some smart passes and then he's a deadly shooter so let's hope he can kind of sit in that corner off ball movement and uh knock down some threes for sure for sure yeah i kind of talked about serge Ibari already so i'll just end it off with cd here um you know, he, I feel like with CD, there, there's a lot to clean up, but mm -hmm. it's all the teachable things. The things that aren't teachable, which are playing hard, like yes. being physical and being tough, like the unteachables are the stuff that he has. Um, and there's a reason that Brian Wright said that, you know, they had their eye on not just Victor, but Victor and CD a long time ago, whenever it came to like their boards and international players and like rankings for all the countries in Europe. Um, and there's so many traits that he has that are just so Spurs like he's yeah. got a lot to learn. He's still 19. Um, he does have that G League experience. There's but there's still some things that, you know, he struggled with there that he's going to still have to work on now on the Spurs, especially being in a new team and being in a new system. Um, but I just really with his potential, like his upside, man, I think it, this is I don't want to sound too crazy and get too hyperbolic here, but. I mean, I think if you can hone all of his skills, get him controlled and get everything down, I mean, he he is at least a rotation piece on a championship team, in my opinion. Um, and maybe even a potential starter down the road. We'll have to see. There's a, a lot left in his career. Um, but there's just a lot of skills and a lot of things to like. There's a lot of ugly, too, that we're seeing right now with turnovers and fouls. But I just really trust the Spurs development staff um, with all the potential I've seen from him. And, and there's a lot of top tier NBA guys. Like I've mentioned it before, Kevin O'Connor tweeted about him the first day. Um, there's a lot of people noticing his defense. Um, and it's kind of similar to how last year, a lot of people knew a little bit about Barlow and we're mentioning him here and there. Um, and, uh, you know, where it was kind of like, it doesn't really seem like he's doing that much. That's kind of the same thing where you're seeing the little tweets here and there from big NBA reporters or, or not reporters, but analysts that will mention CD because, because of his defense. Um, so 
still lots to clean up, lot to work on, but it's all stuff that I have a lot of confidence in the Spurs development staff with and the, the way that they're able to relate to international players as well. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I believe in that system almost more than I believe in the way we develop our American guys. Facts, facts. Let's put it this way. If he was shooting 38% from three right now, he, he's a starter on a, on a contending team. Right. As yeah. a 3D guy. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I love his effort. Mm-hmm. Um, Let me see if I have anything else in my notes here, Ethan. I don't think I do. So that's about all I got for this one. Any any final thoughts? Oh, uh, just for the fans out there. Milner, McCoy, Kabaka, <laughs> Bediaco, Stevenson. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Kier, did you Justin not mention Kier, him? Yes. Josh Carlton, Sean D. Brown, mm-hmm. um, Logan Johnson is another name too. Carlton, Javante McCoy, don't forget him. Okay, no, and starting, Coach Matt Nielsen. No, it, I, I can't believe we forget him. But I'm gonna make a, a lineup prediction. I'm gonna hope we see this. I'm gonna hmm. hope we see Blake Wesley, Serge Abari Rice. I think it's probably gonna be Eric Stevenson after that. And then Champagne and Barlow. That's fair. I'm only thing I'm going to change. I'm going to move Champagne and Barlow up to the three and the four. Stevenson off the bench with uh, Betty Betty Yako. Five. That would be if I didn't choose the one that I did. I would choose that one. That's Anyways, y'all. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for coming to SSP Den Live. I know it's been a little bit since we've done one of these, so we'll try to do these a little bit more often here. And if you want to stay updated with the show, be sure to follow us on Twitter at SSPN on YT for all the updates and stuff like that, at Jude McLaren and at Ethan underscore Quintero. And don't forget to hit that like button and the subscribe button below if you enjoyed today's content. We'll catch you guys in the next one. Go Spurs, go.